Definitely going to be better than the show is going to be, um, but that's that's all right. It'll still be a good show. I'm Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express, and um, I am I'm very very tired, as you probably heard on the baseball <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's talk about Pittsburgh, which was a fun game, a, a good game, even though they lost. It was entertaining. It was better than the last few. So first of all, to help me out in Urban Wauwatosa, as per usual. It's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This is this is a low point in Wisconsin sports because the Wisconsin Badger football team oh, man. has crossed a threshold to the point that they are maybe not even bowl eligible this year for the first time in my adult life. The Brewers have lost their manager and are going to hire the bench coach, which is fine, although not that exciting, not I inspiring. guess, if you're... If, not inspiring. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are performing well below expectations. They're still okay. They're still fine. But they're supposed to be a championship contender right now. Oh, my gosh, they're not. They're not, yeah. It has gotten to the point that a encouraging loss is the best we can hope for. And the Packers in Pittsburgh was that. An encouraging loss. You, this is the highlight of the week. You left out Badger basketball, I think. Which On purpose. Ah. <laughs> it's rough. It is rough. Um but the Brewer thing, man, I knew they were going to do that. I, I suspected they were going to do that. And the best thing you can say about it is maybe they'll be able to keep doing the same thing. You know, he's been around. He's seen how they operate. I assume the players like him okay. <laughs> Yay for that. I guess. Yeah. yeah, maybe. That's all I got, though. But you're right. Close loss is the best we can get. That's all we got. We just we just never we never get to this place in Wisconsin sports. We are. I don't want to even say we're spoiled. We've just had a good we've had a really good run. We haven't had this nadir at any point. There's always a team that's building towards something great. And the Bucks again, might still be that team. But there's a it's it's a, it's tough right now out yep. there. It's tough. Everybody's got dark ages. But it looks like Marquette is going to beat Illinois tonight. I'm Matt, but you can call me Mattel, back in packing company, Meme Weaver, and general Twitter rabble rouser. Shouts to the eight Marquette fans, yep. many, all of whom are very passionate. Yeah, and like half of them who are in my DM. With Of course they yeah, are. They're so. in all DMs. They live in the DMs. That is where Wait. the Catholic faith thrives. It is. Isn't, it, isn't that where your brother went? No. Oh, I thought I thought Danny was a was a golden eagle. He was. He definitely is not. Um, yeah. <laughs> hundred uh, percent not. Marquette's very good. I they I, are. I honestly shouldn't discount them. They are they are niche. I don't care what the Marquette fans will tell you. They are niche, but whatever. Like they're outstanding. They're tremendous. They did get a good win tonight on the road in Illinois. Shaka Smart is they very hired good. A, they hired a good coach, unlike everybody there else. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well done, Marquette. That was that was good of you. Uh, to loop to loop it back into football, we have now reached a point in Packers Twitter discourse where uh, people are using LeBron pejoratives for Matt Lafleur. That's fun, yeah. Like so, I people on my timeline referring to him as LaFraud. I've seen LaFail. Oh. Um, I've seen yeah a lot of that. I was like, did they call him a stinky goat or something? I really didn't understand yeah. where you were going with that, but I get it now. Yeah. I get it. Now. So like variations of LeBron have now entered into the LaFleur territory, and it is. 
we at some point will need to discuss because I, being a rube, do not understand what the hubbub is over whether or not they have a certain personnel on the field, like LaFleur oh. getting upset that people don't seem to understand, and the people who don't seem to understand are more like, actually, coach, we maybe weren't so wrong. I don't know. Somebody has to get that to me, and I don't know if now is the time. We can start. With, I mean, the rundown is Yeah, very, we can absolutely start with it. It's very loose this week. We should just start with that. So, um, hey, Matt, do you want to intro that concept? Okay, so basically everybody is is crapping on the Packers for only having two down linemen in an obvious run situation against 11 personnel, which means one running back, one tight end. Right. Can I pause? Yes. Is it not always an obvious running situation when Kenny Pickett, who is in fact mar- <laughs> magnitudes worse than Jordan Love, is on the field as your quarterback? Is it not yes. always an, so, an obvious running situation? Yeah, we, we can expand the obvious running situation by the goal line to the obvious running situation of this entire game very easily. Thank that you, is, yes. That is correct, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. great, uh, great. Kenny Pickett threw for 126 yards yeah. in this game in a 75 passer rating. Like, he he wasn't good. He wasn't good, but he didn't need to be good because they ran for 200 yards, and both running yes, backs they were, did. <laughs> were insanely good, and we couldn't stop them. And um, there's no reason to be afraid of Kenny Pickett, so you can just go and put a bunch of big guys and stop the run because he has bad arm. He's got tiny hands. He hasn't been good all season. He hasn't been good last season. Um, he has Kenny Pickett's like a one read thrower. Uh, like, don't be afraid of Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett sucks. He's very bad. <laughs> but yeah, what Matt is saying is correct. Like we, uh, Joe Barry likes to play nickel at all times, especially against 11 personnel and um, 11 personnel. You know, you kind of theoretically, need the extra defensive back to cover the the other the third receiver except when the team is obviously suckering you into bringing that guy on so they can power run against you which they do all the time to us and like every game this season there is some stupid video clip of us having two down linemen you know two big guys and then Gary and Smith who are not good at the you know, Smith's okay against the run but Gary is not famously not good against the run and then a bunch of DBs and then the the other team is like all power linemen and the receivers spread way out and then our guys get plowed 7 yards downfield happens every game every single game and it, like they never learn they never change they never do anything different and uh that that was the hubbub and so the question was hey why why you got two down linemen in this situation Matt and Matt saying Actually, our edge rushers are down linemen. That was the yeah. response. And, and so you have two stand-up outside linebackers playing like nine technique, and then <laughs> and so you've got a wide open hole in the middle. Like, yeah, technically there's four dudes on the line of scrimmage. Right. <laughs> and this was definitely a, technically Matt. You might be right, but your problem is that one of your one of your linebackers is a safety. And one of your down linemen is Rashawn Gary, who doesn't hold the edge and doesn't weigh that much and doesn't play the run and um, doesn't even try for the yeah, run, really. Correct. I mean, he's yes. there to kill a quarterback. Not his um, job. Not what he's paid for. I'm so tired. Yeah, with same. the Joe Barry stuff. It just it's. I mean, it, it, we're going to play out the string. Everyone knows this. It's not like Joe Barry is going to get fired now. And I realize that the defense, if you're picking your strength, has been better than the offense this year. So it's hard to really even point the finger except there's so many ways you can point well, the finger and as we <laughs> as we discussed last week the strategy they used against the rams would have worked against the steelers uh, it was the your quarterback sucks strategy it's why they didn't get run right. last week and pickett sucks too he doesn't suck as much as brett rippon does but he sucks you just had to do the same thing that's all you had to do and you win this game you, you absolutely win this game and he didn't he played the Steelers like a normal, like balanced offensive team with a good quarterback, which is not what they are. <laughs> so, I mean, like we have to speculate what he's thinking there. What is he thinking there? I suspect 
that he sees Pickett's sort of counting stats and the fact that Deontay Johnson is a pretty good wide receiver and George Pickens is a pretty good wide receiver and he sees a good passing offense rather than looking at like efficiency numbers and like scouting on Kenny Pickett, which really is like mm. Kenny Pickett gets his first read and if he's not open, he runs and he does, he runs, he throws bad scramble passes and that's what he is. Um, it, it seems like a very lazy counting stat. Uh, actually, Pittsburgh can pass decently read on this. That's what it looks like. There's no other reason for it. There's no reason to be doing that. And and especially after you after you get gashed, you know, a dozen times or so, even if you came out that way, maybe you should just, you know, flip the script at that point. Yeah. Well, you know All what right. they say, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me 18 more times. Shame on Nepotism. the two linemen. Shame on, yeah, shame on Rod Marinelli. Nepotism. All right, well... This game was one of the better games they've played this year, even though uh, Josiah DeGuara with a whiff that is kind of an all-timer <laughs> on a special teams play cost them a game, even though... It, does that even count as a whiff? Because whiffs no. require an effort. Yeah, that's a caught-looking. Yep. Caught he looking. just locked up. <laughs> that is that is what happened to Christian Yelich at the end of the 2021 playoffs when it was a curveball down the middle, and he just watched it go by, and that was the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, there is a... Weird offsides penalty. There's a lateral that should have resulted in a game-changing touchdown that no one, even on that replay, goddamn play. Pass. That was awful. But have, it was a good game. It was good. It was a good game. It was a good game. <laughs> uh, the offense played well. They they really really did. Outside of a couple little snafus, but you know a lot of that was special teams, and th- that's what I think why we can be at least a little excited about this game. A lot of the things they did well against the Rams were like, who cares? It's the Rams. They showed up again, like Luke Musgrave. Hey, that's what you're supposed to be doing with Luke Musgrave. <laughs> that's two weeks in a row. One more, yeah. and it becomes a trend, and and that's all. That's good stuff. Shoutouts, shoutouts to all my Six Sigma folks. There, you need three data points to have a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like the receiving core is rounding into form, and the irony is that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are outside of that. That it's Luke Musgrave, it's Jaden Reed. And it's Dontavian Wicks, who I think is I, I at this point I think has gotten everybody's attention. He's good. I think he's actually yeah. Everyone sort of understands that he's good. I'm not sure how and many. Romeo Dobbs made a play, yeah. but I'm not sure how many more weeks we can ride the Dontavian Wicks over under, um, Jr. For in case I you... don't know, man. So I got cheeky this week. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So his over under was twelve and a half. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And I told everybody to take the alternative over of twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, if he hit 12 and a half, the over-under odds were like minus 150 yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, for him to hit 25 was like plus 160. Yep. <laughs> it was like hammer that over. The Wicks over-under is at five weeks in a row. Um, and so all of us are rich now. Not not really, but all of us have. Rich in spirit. Rich in spirit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, their they're young, they're young receiving core is doing kind of what you hope they would do midway through this season. And that's show signs that they can actually be an NFL receiving core down the line. That's great. Tucker Craft can block. Um, Jaden Reed's I, really uh, good. The, yeah, Jaden Reed's really good. The The Dobbs-Watson thing is concerning. Yeah, I know you wrote about Dobbs at Acme Packing Company. You were very down on him. Uh, Christian Watson, I think, is kind of yeah, the, the main I'm, character I'm down on Watson of this too. game. It's just everybody yeah. can see that one. <laughs> sure, sure. He's the main character of this game, unfortunately, in a main character on Twitter sort of way. I think he caught two of seven targets. He, They intercepted two balls that were headed for him. He is not hanging out of the ball. He's not good. <laughs> He's not. I, 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 I mean, like, 
you can't tell me the talent isn't there, right? Like he he clearly still has some of these skills. It, I, and it still is only his second year, you know. The whole Devontae Adams thing hovers over every Packers receiver who's having a bad second year. <laughs> talk talk me through this, Paul. Talk me through this. Um, I'm not super optimistic on Watson just because I know you're not. There's not a lot of development in terms of soft skills. Like he's 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 tall and he's fast, and that's what they used him on last year. And I do wish they'd give him a couple more jet sweeps, but um, like the the first interception where Patrick Peterson was on him, um he was looking at the ball and just kept drifting backwards. He, the body control thing with him, which is also a talent thing is a problem. He times his jumps wrong. He uh, does not read where the ball is going very well. And it, I know that he well, has also never come back to a ball in he, his he's career. Never come back to a ball. He only goes forward. He, he needs which is to a problem for that. a quarterback who notoriously underthrows his receivers. It is yes. a problem for that. Yes. It's so, all, it's also a problem when you only have 15 yards of space to work with. So you can't just, outrun the by guy. the end zone they should never throw to him by the end zone like i, I ripped on dobbs a lot but at least dobbs like can out muscle people in the end zone it's that is a skill that he can actually do watson just is useless uh, within 20 yards of the end zone completely useless and uh, i think he might be a guy you just have to scheme like you either have to mvs him or um like treat him like debo and just give him stupid space throws where he is counted on to get yak and hopefully that does it he's a third receiver he's not a he's not a one you get him matched up on a like a slot guy or a third corner, and maybe you can do some business. But they, he caught the first two passes that were thrown to him in this game. Uh, they were scheme throws. They were the first two passes of the entire game for the Packers, and he went 0 for five after that uh, when things got more improvisational. And it's it's just it's bad. It's not it's not good. He caught two of seven targets and had two interceptions, both of which I think were his fault. The second one looked uglier because it was like right to somebody, but. I, I believe post game, it it seemed like he ran the wrong way. <laughs> he broke the wrong way on his route, <laughs> um, which maybe shouldn't be thrown to him there. But ugh, bad, very bad. I I, f- I felt like a genius on that last play though. Uh, I, so I was at the bar, and because the game wasn't on TV for me, and I was like, "Hey guys, check this out. They're gonna rush four and then just drop everybody else to the goal line. And they did. <laughs> you gotta, like, hey, that sounds dumb. And I was like, that's not... That's, you, perfect time for a throw short of the goal line or a hook and ladder or something like that, too, which is what you run in that situation, and they yep. they didn't. I mean, at, at that point, why not just run like a... Yeah, like a, like a swinging gate. Yeah, swinging right? gate's like, a great like idea. In, Anything like that. Just You only need one block or one t- broken tackle, and you score there. It's actually not a smart defense to put everybody at the goal line uh, unless you know the other team's going to be stupid. The other thing about Watson right. that we do have to be cognizant of is he, a lot of his talent is bound up in that athleticism, and he has had a lot of injuries now. Uh, he had him in college, and you know he has missed a lot of games with soft tissue injuries and hamstrings, and those do stack up and start to sap that a little bit. Uh, it's he, like he is fast and can jump high, but we, you know, that might not be quite as extreme as it was last year. Those take a toll on you. So Dobbs. Uh caught a fade for you know did, did make a catch and I, I know again you wrote a lot about him and, and you're not impressed with him but I, I don't remember specifically of Devontae Adams year two how lost he was and what it was that was holding him back and if there were flashes that he would eventually so, become what he became I just want to compare okay everybody says it was his ankle right but like he also dropped everything he did and he never fought through contact the thing that always sticks out to me is the Brett Favre honor game. It was against the Bears. Yeah, 2015, yeah. 
was that Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Sure was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, final play of the game. Devonte ran a slant, didn't run through contact and it was an interception. Okay. Um, so my question of course is, do you see any of the signs here that suggest to you this could be salvageable? I think if we're going to, if we're going to pick one of the sophomore slumps to compare to Devonte, it's Dobbs. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'd agree with that. The thing is, Adams, um, Adams' problems were the hands, some lack of contact, but he still had his release when he was young. Like he was still good at getting off the line, and he was still a good route runner. And I'm not sure what Dobbs does well now that is going to translate if some other stuff gets cleaned up. I don't think he's terribly fast. Um, he, like he's he's a decent contested catch guy. But he's not a, a natural route runner like Adams was. And drops are like a little bit of a problem for him, not like they are for a couple other guys on the team. But his hands aren't terrible. Like I feel like he can make some marginal upgrades, but I don't think he's going to be like a true number one or Adamsy. The other thing with that is uh, he, the, he's just not explosive at all. Like he, he's averaging tight end numbers in terms of his yards per catch. Like it's 10.4 for him. And that's like, you know, mediocre tight end yards per catch numbers. Um, and at, so I did do a big compare today. Second year Devonte Adams was actually pretty close to his baddest stop. So if you want to hold on to something, you got that going for you. It, it's just I I don't see a, like a Dobbs skill there that's going to carry him if he improves on like a bunch of little things. Uh, like because okay. somebody could tell me what that is, but I I don't know what that is. Oh well, see Dobbs is going to improve because people are going to start paying attention to Wicks. So then Dobbs I mean, maybe. is get... <laughs> like honestly, he might be a better slot receiver than he is an outside receiver, but that position's kind of taken, you know? Yeah. Like air raid guys often are because you get a little bit more of a clean release in the slot, but it's not going to be there for him. Reed's that guy, and unless he gets hurt, he's not doing that. And in any case, they don't seem inclined to put him there. So um I, I think I think Dobbs is probably just a guy. Like he's he he looks like just a guy. He looks like Geronimo Allison to me. Like that's that's my mm. Dobbs like comp. That's damning. Yeah. That's damning. So the Jordan... faint praise, right? That's yeah. that <laughs> That's not faint praise. Uh, the Jordan Love evaluation. I still feel like. I mean, this was obviously one of his best games. Still feel like it wasn't yeah. great personally. Okay. But also the overreactions of this game are are ridiculous. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, love showing flashes like he could really be that guy. And it's like everybody was ready to crucify him for the last four weeks. Yeah, yeah. but also he's just not it's still not great. It's like, not it's great. Okay. I like, I like this game, uh, but it's not great. That's the thing. Like if this is your ceiling, it's still not good enough. Um, I'll tell you what I do like. He overshot some guys. There um, it is. Yeah, they they definitely sure. coached that up during the week. <laughs> and yeah, and it did. actually kind of worked. And, you know, he hit some deep passes in this game, too. Like the the, the throw to read excellent beautiful loved it um like i actually wrote a piece on how he couldn't throw deep passes last week that got lost in the shuffle and didn't get published and uh had to add on a whole caveat to it because he threw some good ones in this game so i'm happy about that um but you know it was still a good-ish not great game if it was a great game like look at cj stroud great games like it's like four touchdown passes and um well no cj stroud great games are the most yards ever ever thrown by yes. a rookie quarterback <laughs> <laughs> like that's what an actual yeah. great game looks like you get one of those every once in a while not like oh he threw two touchdowns and threw two picks yeah. that weren't really his fault but still he threw two picks. it's like wow jordan love ceiling is a decent game from kirk cousins exactly <laughs> So yeah, it was good. It was there was some improvement. He, he threw some nice passes. He threw some deep balls, but still, 
I don't know what you do with that. Pittsburgh is a good defense. I guess that would be the other caveat. People don't really carve them up. And this performance maybe looks better if they're playing a me- mediocre defense versus like a top five defense, which is what Pittsburgh is. Man, they are having they are the team that's having the charmed season. The Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, they are. The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Regression to the mean gonna stomp them something <sighs> good next year. I, now yeah. I, now semi charmed life is playing in my head. Yeah. Do do do. But not, but not the third eye blind version. Oh. Uh, there's a cover by Dance Gavin Dance that is just phenomenal. A plus would recommend. Okay. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Zach Tom because he's a boss. He is. I, I know he's going to cost a lot of money, isn't the, he? He is he's going the, to be expensive. He's the best player on the team. <laughs> he might be. He might be. You know, my and, favorite thing to point out is every time I'm at the bar, I'm like, hey guys, check it out. Zach Tom and Preston Smith are the same height and weight. And then people look and they go, oh, wow. Like the- <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, Preston Smith's been really good too. Not one of the best players on the team territory, but like. I mean, he's been good, age, but he's slow. Like yeah. He, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, could, but he's he old. couldn't catch Kenny Pickett. No, no. So no, no, uh, Preston not. is actually not even that bad in coverage. We like, we make fun of it whenever it happens, but he actually succeeds more often than not. It's like one of the like better it. ideas. I like Preston Smith. He should go down as like a a, a solid above average Packer contributor, like an Adrian really Amos quality. level like Ugh, Packer totally contributor. I, just, I remember when they signed him, like all of the the articles about him were like, isn't this guy like a three four DE? Like what is he gonna do? And I was like, Well gonna be good. A lot. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, back in the era when they had the uh the, the free agent class with Billy Turner, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Adrian Amos. Good times. Yep. Good times. Better it's times. been a little downhill since then. Uh, do we have anything else about this stupid-ass game? <laughs> um, AJ was good for like the second game in AJ, a row. AJ oh, was, AJ Dillon was good. He had the longest rush of his career. He right? did. He did. That's true. Um, <laughs> One of the he looks different. I think in the last three games, something's up with him. He I wonder different. if he was hurt. Like and I, I made a joke in the rundown about me. I wonder if he was hurt for the last eighteen months, but I do. I, I wonder if he was hurt like to start the season because he actually does look like a different player the last couple of weeks. And it's not easy to run against Pittsburgh at all. So I think that was a pretty impressive performance. I also think Aaron Jones got concussed on like his third carry in this game. He got annihilated in the hole by I think Highsmith, and uh, he looked really bad after that. Yeah, I don't think there's a way he could have possibly looked worse. I don't, we've never I I've never seen Aaron, Aaron Jones play that poorly and get get caught and fall every time he got t- touched you know not yeah. a lot of contact not a lot of extra yards uh that was a that was a really bad game but fortunately for them AJ Dillon was great or you know not great but he was he was pretty darn solid. good yeah but I think that's kind of it like they lost this game because it was a Joe Barry game offense played well enough to win and Barry buried it along with Anders did not well. Uh, Anders is like a split problem because one of those was on Josiah DeGuerra. I mean, that's not his fault. But yeah, that's it. Should have won, but didn't. Anders. No, I'm not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> that's his name. I don't care. <laughs> Anders has done way, way better than I thought he was going to do. I, I'm not going to complain about him. He's fine. He had a bad game, man. He kicked a kickoff out of bounds. He yeah, yeah and almost kicked the other, kicked the first one almost out of bounds, yeah. and then did kick the next one out of bounds. Something was, was up with him. It was rough. Keyshawn, though, yeah. he was good. So, yeah, he was. He took one back to what, like the fifty? Yeah. Definitely get a thrill out of the drone, not drone. The uh, you know the overhead camera that they love to deploy. Spider CBS cam. does. Yeah, during those kickoffs, 
I would normally not be in favor of them, but when Keyshawn Nixon is bringing it out to like the 35 at minimum, it's kind of nice. It's it kind of fun. It's cool. Okay, spider cam is literally my wife's favorite part of football. It's pretty oh, nice. cool. I get it. When we were, we went to uh, Christmas Eve against the Vikings 2016. She was like, "Oh, there's spider cam!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> one of these days that camera is going to interfere with the play. It's I don't happened. know how. It's, it's happened. It's, yeah, it's happened. It it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it happened last season um, on uh, a primetime game. I forget what happened. Like a pass hit it or something. Like it was. I thought nice. it was a the, the it was wire. A it might have been the a camera part. itself, yeah. but the wire. Oh, that's very funny. We need yep. drones. That's what we need. Like <laughs> FPV, FPV flight kickoff drones. Drone crashing into Zach Wilson's head mid-play. Yeah. I uh, was in and out on this game. I was hanging out with some friends, and we weren't paying super close attention. Uh, but uh, I got caught because Daniel Whelan on a punt. I thought Daniel Whelan had stuck his nose in there in the midst of a bunch of tacklers and got brought the guy down. But who that was was Dallin Levitt. I got thrown by the single digit number and I saw, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I saw a white guy with a single digit putting his, you know, ma- making a tackle like, yeah, Daniel Whelan. It's like, that's not Daniel. Not even close. I bet you looked at the screen. You were like, he's wheeling and dealing. And I then... didn't. I did not say that. I'm because oh, I, I said that at some point this week. I have a little bit of pride. Yeah, I guess I have none. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we, we should mention we signed a cornerback who has blue in his name. Whose name I have forgotten and should have. Oh no, his name's out. like Caillou, right? Isn't yeah. it like Caillou Blue? <laughs> yeah, Caillou Blue. I think there's a third in there too. And also, hey, that did, f- fun fact about fun fact about PBS Caillou. He doesn't like have alopecia. He just doesn't deserve hair. Yeah, that's true. I'm really lost. What the hell just happened? He oh, made your a, kids are older than he mine, made a Caillou. So did, did you miss Caillou? Oh, Caillou like the French spelling. Like, C A I L L O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I thought maybe we were going doing kaiju like the the, the like creatures that come out of the sea yeah. and I was super lost super lost like alopecia <laughs> no so the person that they signed his name is literally like K Y U yeah I think is, right. is... that's why I, I just like the yeah. just invented a bald French child that comes out of the sea and destroys <laughs> <laughs> look man I would watch Caillou which if I will he came out I will have sea, the like, AI creating moments giving the content here. ideas away yeah. for free and uh, yeah the last ideas. thing I want to mention is the Jets cut Michael Carter today they're one backup running back which means we're close to the Xavier Valaday idea not working anymore so everybody needs to get on that before he gets promoted off the practice squad anyway let's do questions all right we'll start with Mark Putscarby per use. Speaking for the long-term outlook of the Packers, this game went pretty well, right? Young guys besides Watson played well, and the defense got thrashed, which is hopefully a step towards Barry getting fired. <laughs> Would you agree? Uh, that is the most sure. optimistic spin possible for this. So, yeah, and it helped our draft position again. So um, I'm on board with that. I'm good on that. Where, where are you Left tackle with the top 10? What do you think? Receiver? Uh, I think it's going to have to be a tackle because yeah. um, they're, never gonna take they're not going to get a quarterback. And after... After uh, Marvin, I think the, Marvin Jones. Yeah, after, after he's gone, the, the receiver Harrison. being mocked to them. Marvin Harrison is Keon <laughs> Coleman, and I ran Rops today, and I don't want Keon Coleman because he's not actually very good. So yeah, tough. That's tough. Donald Anderson says, "Update: The Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal foul. Oh, so close! They saved it for the last play of the game. Shouts to Elton Jenkins. Serious wallets can be lighter. <laughs> Paul's encouragement." To try Spotify for podcasts each week has inspired me to create my own. So here is my question. Can I use Joe Barry as a limp biscuit as my podcast name? Don't worry. It won't be about football. It'll be about biscuits. Are there any salary cap efficiency metrics? If so, I'm guessing the Packers are horrible, right? So, uh, yes, you can use that name, especially if it's about limp biscuit. And there's not really a metrics for it, but like. 
the metrics are just how much cap space are you using and how much dead cap you have. And just follow angles for all that stuff. It, it's in a nice, ugly spreadsheet. And, you know, it tells you the Packers are dead for the next two years. So, yeah, they're horrible. That's correct. The Aaron uh, check came due. But at least we're better than the Saints because, man, oh, man, the Saints are paying Derek Carr until uh, he is the same age that Aaron Rodgers is now which is oh. not, not what you want to be doing. Hey, um, guys, it's Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla Day for the Saints never ends. Every day is Bobby Bonilla Day for the Saints. I did a baseball uh, thing. You yeah. did. You did. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Also, you by since... the way, I was going to say, during the last question, I was messing with uh, an AI image generator and made multiple Caillou as a Lovecraftian sea monster. <laughs> of course you did. Caillou the Kaiju? Uh, PJ Wessel says, what stat from this game is more shocking than having the opponent running EPA be higher than your pass EPA? Almost all of them, honestly. That That's not that shocking in the Barry era that happens with some regularity. I always look for it and point it out. Um, it shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be able to run for that high of an EPA. But yeah, that, I think that's probably it. May, maybe Watson not catching his five final targets of the game. That's a good one. Um, but yeah. Uh, People run on the Packers all the time. <laughs> the Packers are at the way bottom of the rush EPA defense chart. Way, way at the bottom of it. Uh, it's a it's, it's a problem. It's a known issue. And they can't stop anybody. Nope. It's so frustrating. No, oh, they're bottled them up. Nope. Six yards. Stephen Kurtz, what would help Watson and love the most? Watson being a healthy scratch or keep running him out there for more of the same? Is this just growing pains like with Devontae? I mean, th- so we talked about that, obviously, but yeah. like, is Watson healthy? Like, I know healthy scratch. He might not like... be. He's hurt a lot, and I'm sure he's has some pressure to play through it all. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think they could do him some favors by not making him try to run the whole route tree. Like, I think if Watson's going to be a complete receiver, it's like three or four years away. And the best way to use him is to use him kind of like they did last year, even if Jordan can't throw deep, like, Start getting him more jet sweeps, run like basic slants where he has to make one read where it's either a go or a slant and just like take take a couple of shots deep with him every game. Well, and like, am I the only one who remembers that Calvin Johnson ran like four routes? Yeah, I mean, you're not. But yes, you can work. But like, I, I, I feel like, yeah, like, why can't we just do that? Like, hey, run a slant, run a hitch. Uh, do a mid crosser and then run a go. Yeah, like, he should be your third receiver. Like your, I guess reads your third receiver. You're Marquez Valdez Cantlin. He should be your MVS. He's like he sh- you can make him. I think a little bit better MVS if you what's, use him correctly. What's the nick? Was it Archon who came up with the nickname FCS to MVS? FCS MVS. Yes, that was correct. <laughs> <sighs> Archon is very popular this week. In oh Boston, boy! By the way. Oh my god! <laughs> should we talk about the advanced stat, Paul? No, 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 no. That's an inside. That's too inside a joke. That's boring. <laughs> Paul invented an advanced app for Twitter rabble rousing. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. Yep, I uh, need to know more, but not right now. No, it's that's Ryan that's Ziegler. Whole story right there. So you're good. Let's do Ryan. There it is. <laughs> uh, Ryan Ziegler says this. Oh shoot, hold on. I needed to charge my phone, and it demanded that I log back in. This play calling seems more confused than an Amish electrician. Matt should get a competent OC. Who and where from? doesn't matter he's the oc if if you Matt- well uh, obviously he should get nathaniel hackett back because rogers won back-to-back mvps and hackett's off <laughs> oh aaron i love love aaron press conferences <laughs> uh if if your problem is with the offense um 
making Matt fire Adam Stenovich will not help things. Matt is the one who calls the plays. You just get a new coach at that point. That That's your problem. Firing the OC is firing the batting coach in baseball. It is what you do <laughs> when you know what the real problem is. Well, that's not even true in baseball. You often don't, but uh, and you just can't fix it. So, Also, send Steno back to O-line. Please. Yeah, absolutely do that, too. Jonathan Deal, if I had a nickel for every family member called out a Packers quarterback, I'd have two nickels for two receivers, which isn't a lot, but it's weird. It's happened twice. My actual question is, would the Packers have an elite defense if the NFL banned running plays? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be elite, but it would be like a, a, a top half defense. Yes. Uh, they'd get burned a whole bunch. <laughs> They're going to dominate the Olympic flag football. Well, I, I mean, mean they, they do kind of sell. So here's the thing that would happen is other teams would just sell out to stop the pass, and then the Packers would once again be one of the worst teams. But, yeah, they're better at that. That's why they develop things. That's the only thing Barry's halfway decent at is stopping the pass. It would help. Yeah, props to the Valentine-Valentine connection, but that happened because Kenny Pickett was in this game. I yeah. don't don't have faith in that going forward. Nope. But, uh, hey, it was okay. If Jair Alexander ever comes back, they, they might be okay at that again. Uh, Ted Ted Korth says, it's always easy to predict that the teams who have most recently won the Super Bowl will keep winning it. But what team that hasn't won the last 10 years will win, the, win a Super Bowl next? So to refresh, this takes the Chiefs, Rams, Buccaneers, Patriots, Eagles, Broncos, and Seahawks off the table. Uh, I'll go oh, with my God. Is it the, is it the Lions? Um, it's mm. a decent pick, but I still think Goff holds them back a little bit. But um, it's possible it's the Lions. I'll also go with Houston. I think that they have a pretty good chance. I think yeah. Stroud is for real. There's a good base there. They're going to be able to make the playoffs like 10 years in a row because the division blows. Um, <laughs> and uh, so like, I think that's a good setup for, for that to get done. What a disaster for Bills fans. I mean, first, first you live in an era where they went to four Super Bowls and won none of them. And now you once again have a gen... I don't know generational talent, but an extremely good quarterback. Yep. And you get so close to the Super Bowl on multiple occasions, and Patrick Mahomes gets in the way, and then <laughs> you slide backwards to the point that you're a 500 football team that can't even beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Mm, mm, wow. Game. I wonder where have we heard that before? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, I'm sad for the Bills. Fans. <laughs> also you're sad s- for the Bills fans. No, I, I the word I would use is empathetic. Yeah, empathetic because they, yes, the situations are eerily similar. Small town America, a lot of snow, great quarterback. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Except our boogeyman was San Francisco. It's true. Patrick Detmer says since it's now been established that Joe Barry is Limp Biscuit, an excellent comp, we should probably look back to their music catalog for insights into this year's Packers team. Let's think about it. Uh, given this week's performance of the Packers' run defense, if the opposing team comes out in a run-heavy personnel, can we be certain that the extent of Barry's pre-snap instruction to his linebackers and safety isn't just yelling at them to move in, now move out, hands up, now hands down, back up, back up, tell me what you're going to do now? <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, hands up. That hands is down. not Limp Bizkit. No, that no, back I up, see. back up, tell me what you want to do. That is Limp Bizkit. That's the song rolling. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. Yes. I, I, started I thought out you Porsche. were going in a different direction. Yeah. I thought you were doing Machine Head. You were doing Machine which is Head a for fine. No, I was not doing Machine Head. I was doing. Okay. You should Look, have been. I grew, better than the rest. I. Okay. I grew up on Limp Biscuits later albums because I was too young for <laughs> Did It All for the Nookie. Um, but Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water yeah. was regularly played in my Walkman. That okay. is the album that Nookie is on. Yes, it is. No. 
chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water oh, is not. Yeah, sorry. Significant other is the one that Nikki's on. Oh, Shoot, yeah, you're but right. yeah, yeah. Roland, both versions of Roland are on chocolate starfish. Truly, truly one of the all-time worst bands of uh, conceivably. But I went back because we talked about them. Uh, you talked about yeah, the did, Cowboy. Did, okay. Yeah. I went did everybody back. go back and watch that the Cowboy? That wasn't a random the... one-off. That was no, the bit. Th- they're that touring. Their tour they're touring is, yeah, their touring is New Metal Cowboy. That's the name of the band now. He looks like a country singer. And he's got a dad bod. He's got the country look down. And then his band comes around and he's singing. It's 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 deeply upsetting. Limbiscuit <laughs> is deeply upsetting. They should never have existed. I can't believe they happened. I can't believe that was allowed to happen. There was this window where new metal was the rage. Understandably, corn got very big, and there were other bands that fit the mold. And somehow Limp Biscuit chiseled their way in there with their absolute void of something to say. Got Wu Tang to collaborate with them. All kinds of fun stuff there. Yeah. Well, it was the backwards red hat, right? That was that was the also, DJ Lethal, bring it on. That dude ruled. Everybody had a DJ for a little while. Yeah, yeah that's true. Had a DJ. But also, if, if Joe Barry were a Limp Biscuit song, he would actually be the song Hot Dog. <laughs> I want everybody to go look that song up. It's, it's, it's very vulgar. Mm. Yeah. He would not I be rearranged because if he rearranged <laughs> the defense, they would be better. Am I the only one who sings Nepo Baby to the tune of Muppet Babies? Yes. Yes. Okay. JD uh, says, I, I, I it, by the way, JR, I do it yes. to Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Oh, very good. Nepo Baby, Keskase. Yeah. That Dontavian... works so well, Paul. <laughs> JD says, is Dontavian Wicks the real deal? Yes, JD. Feels like he should be getting more and more snaps every week. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, but he reminds me a lot of Devante. Not yes. saying he'll be Adams, but the way he plays and his measurables. That's well observed, I think. That is correct. He is good, and we've been touting him because all of his underlying advanced stats have been good the whole time. He gets open a lot. He gets open better than everybody else does on the team. And when you watch just Dontavian Wicks, I think that's a good comp. He runs like Devante. He has that release. He is very smooth off the line, and he... He just nobody else really moves like Devante. Dante Wicks one of the only guys I've ever seen do it. So I'm very optimistic on him, and I think he got something there. I think he's going to be a good one. Uh, Dontavian Wicks reminds me a lot of um, I don't know if you gentlemen have ever been into uh, like autocross. I don't even racing. know what it is. It's like it's basically like you race cars in a parking lot with cones, um, but it's all handling. And okay. the the very famous phrase in situations like that is "slow is smooth and smooth is fast." All right, and that is that is very much Dontavian Wicks. Everything he does isn't necessarily with a um, suddenness, yet it ends up being fast. Yeah, the all way right. He does. I it. get that. This segment of the podcast reminds me very much of the Fire Joe Morgan Superbike article. And if you don't know what that is, go read it. It'll make your day. <laughs> uh, Richard Proctor says, "Last week I saw two teenage children that looked exactly like Brian Gutekunst, hairdo included." It was extremely disconcerting. My question is, how much does practice matter? It's not zero, but also the Packers D practiced against a Hall of Fame quarterback for like three decades. Wouldn't you expect practicing against the against Rodgerses of the world to better prepare you for the Cousinses of the world? It matters a lot. It matters a ton. Um, and the practice uh, cadence of the NFL has changed drastically over like the last 20 years or so with limitations on contact and practice yeah. and things like that. And getting the most out of your practices is immensely important and um no we don't have any data on 
what going up against the quality of the opposing half of your team does to you, but I suspect kind of a lot. Like it, you don't have all the time to do sims properly and all that, and you know you get used to a ball going you know, X miles an hour, and then you get to a game and it's X plus 10, that stuff matters. Like people not being in the right place, that stuff matters too. And um, yeah, I think it actually is a kind of a big deal. I think it's underrated and um, it would be better for the league in terms of the product on the field if they kind of went back to the old ways of practice more than they have now. But you got to remember the Packers have that super advanced jugs machine that can just be Aaron Rodgers. Haven't heard much of that this year, have we? I know we haven't heard anything. <laughs> about it. I never, I had not thought about that, but that's a really interesting point. A good point, I think. Um, I love that our question askers are now like just instead of doing question sub question, they're just fitting in random observations. I love this. This Brian Gutekunst, <laughs> some teenagers that look like Brian Gutekunst. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Boy 5 says, I'm kind of mad that Jordan Love played okay against what I think is a pretty good defense. I was just getting used to him not being good and accepting we should move on. Now he does this. Still has a lot more to show, but have to give him props for that performance. The real test will be how many more of these kinds of games does he have left this year? Question is, how many more of these performances does he need to keep his job for next year? Actually, a pretty good question. Um, because mm-hmm. he has been... Uh, Jordan Love has not been terrible this year. I think... Uh, I think our general consensus among the three of us is just his ceiling's not quite high enough, right? Like he's he's maybe like a top fifteen quarterback if all things fall into place, but mm-hmm. probably not like a top yeah. eight quarterback, right? Um, and th- that's a hard call for front offices because you don't want the fifteenth best quarterback in football. That's death. That's a terrible place to be. But it's also hard to tell a guy like, sorry, you weren't good enough, and, and you weren't bad enough, so go away. Um, but it. I, so it probably is good enough to get him back for one more year um, because more than anything, they're probably not going to be drafting an obvious heir apparent unless they totally tank the rest of the season really hardcore. <laughs> um, so I think if he maintains this level, he'll probably be the starter next year at least. And um, Yeah, I, I, and I honestly think even if they manage to fall into the, the tankathon and get one of the two, you still see Love starting at least half the games next year. Yeah, Regardless maybe of so. how poorly he plays. Because he's locked up. That's the thing. Like, well, he's not locked up. They could cut him next year. It wouldn't matter. But I'm saying, like, he's he's uh, he's on the roster, more or less. Yeah, that's um, true. Could he get to, like, a Ryan Tannehill? No. Nah. You don't think so? He's a different kind of I don't of think he can get to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, man, that's harsh. <laughs> I mean that that that's that then cut him because like that's that's not even top fifteen that's like right below top fifteen. I think you can coax a Tanny out of him. I, I think um, it, it, small sample size, but I like that he actually responded to some coaching this week and and actually did make that deep ball go a little bit more. And like if you can get that working, like if you make him like a down the field guy in both throwing bullets and throwing bombs. You you can work with that to be something, but just, mm-hmm. but I mean Ryan Tannehill's still like, what do that's not what are you doing with that? Like you're not gonna do any damage with that. No, but if you build a team around him, you can you, you can scheme that. You can work you can work with that like the Titans have in the past, though yeah. it's difficult to sustain. It is. Uh, Ted Johnson, which Wisconsin sports team had the best week: Badgers, Brewers, or Packers? <laughs> 
The Meteor. It's the Packers by leaps and bounds. It is, it is the Packers. They looked yeah. good against a decent defense and didn't lose draft position and showed off some young talents um, and got Joe Barry closer to being fired. Question one, um, Pod Scarby, good job. You, you just answered most of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, question. So I saw some Cubs fans were upset about the council. Oh, hiring? yeah. People are dumb about managers. Okay. This is the thing nerds are better at than regular fans by leaps and bounds. There was a lot of like, oh, Council hasn't won anything. Yeah, he hasn't because he manages the Brewers. That's why he hasn't won anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see a lot of takes that were like, he is a regular season manager. He can't handle the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because all their players are bad. That's why he can't handle yes. the playoffs. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way to suddenly like when your best play- hitter is Mark Canna. Like, you can't like <laughs> scheme your way into a good offense in the playoffs against elite pitching. It's not how this works. I mean, I was legitimately excited about Carlos Santana. Like, what does that say? Oh, I mean, it's fun. yeah, fun guy, fun name. That's the problem. Is he is legitimately <laughs> worth getting excited about? Yep, that's yeah. that's a problem. It is. He, he hits two forty five, and I'm hyped. That they <sighs> yeah. Uh, K time seven is Joe Barry's defensive success predicated on an offensive holding penalty on every drive. We look pretty good against third and eighteen in the third quarter. Still from the sticks, no less. Kind of is. Like Joe Barry, um, oh, I, I'm glad I am glad you asked this question because I meant to add it into an earlier Joe Barry question and I forgot. Um, Joe Barry's overall numbers look not that bad this year, especially like points allowed and things like that. Um, but a lot of that is pace, and a lot of that pace is because it's so easy to run on the Packers. Like the Pittsburgh ran 36 times in this game or something like I, I don't have it in front of me and I don't care 30 plus times like that's going to drain the clock and that's going to limit the number of possessions yeah. and that's going to re- artificially reduce the number of points you give up even though from an efficiency standpoint it doesn't work at all and yeah they get bailed out by random penalties with some regularity and all teams do um, but when you're limiting the possessions in a game because your run defense sucks it it like looks better than it is so there's a lot of like there's a lot of noise in here where the Packer defense is actually being bad but it's kind of helping their points per game anyway because it's also limiting the offensive possessions like that's how that works on the flip side so um it would be a good exercise for me to do in the offseason to figure out how much EPA they lost on holding penalties and maybe I will but it's a lot it's it's a big deal it's helped them a ton what what number did you rectally extract for their rushing attempts? I said thirty six, but I think 36. that might be a that is it. It All is right. thirty six. <laughs> Paul watched the game and knows knows the stuff. <laughs> thirty six. I have for to see it three times and, and still don't remember it. Uh, two touchdowns. Not great. Packers were twenty four for one sixteen. Mm. Uh, Mark Putscarby's got another one. Okay, I have a second question based on Matt LaFleur's answer regarding linebackers being down linemen. Is this legitimately a scheme issue? What schemes do the best defenses in the NFL run in similar situations? Are we abnormal in the amount of two defensive linemen looks that we get? In similar situations, if you do only have 400 pounds of linebacker total, you don't have them play nine technique outside of the tight ends. Yes, other teams have run-stopping, if not specialists, like guys who can do a little of each, who can rush the pass not horribly but also stuff the run and you sub them in in obvious rundowns like you still have to be able to defend the pass a little bit in obvious rundowns you don't want to get like completely smoked but you have to defend the thing that's most likely to happen (laughs) and every other team in the nfl has heavies to bring in in that situation and does and we just don't do it it's ridiculous 
You're either a smart fella or a fart smella. Is the ideal outcome through the rest of the season one where the Packers lose every remaining game while averaging 30 or so points on offense per? Then we could feel good about the general direction of things while still getting the DC fired and getting a high pick. Yeah. This Puts, seems to be a recurring theme. Oh, people. yeah. Man, Puts that would be the best. Thing. That is. That is oh. the best thing that, that could happen from a like from a like universal perspective. That's it. Yes, absolutely. Matt Pickett says to the eye, it looks like Luke Musgrave is getting better and better. But does this bear out when looking at it with statistics and such? Also, what do you think Christian Christian Watson's chances of becoming a great receiver are? Well, Christian Watson has two chances of becoming a great receiver. They are slim and none. I I don't. I think there's <laughs> the, the athleticism is still very good. I, I do feel like if you just do the Calvin Johnson route tree with him, you, you might hit on it. Still, it's possible. I, mm-hmm. It's not looking great. I'll give you that. But there's still probably a five percent chance baked in there that he could still turn it around. But, but yeah, Luke Musgrave, Musgrave is on. He's on pace to break like every Packers rookie tight end record, right? Well, yeah, but they're all horrible. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying like, he's on pace. Yeah, but he's getting into the territory where it's a very good tight end season since the turn of the century. Yeah, that's not yeah, a, Jermich- but, a non-Jermichael Finley. All right, but Bob Tunyon had a great really, tight really, end really, season. really, really quick. Okay, uh, this is this is all Peter Bukowski's fault. So let's yell at him for a second. <laughs> um, last week, before this last game happened, he tweeted that Luke Musgrave was on pace to not just break all Packer tight end records, but actually break the Packer rookie reception record currently held by Sterling Sharp, and that is a true. Uh, it's 55, and he was on pace for 56, at the, maybe 54, 55, whatever. Um, and B, pointless and stupid, because at the time Peter wrote that, Luke Musgrave was averaging like nine yards a catch, and Sharp was averaging like, you know, a sharp level per catch and uh, being a real Yeah, it was receiver. like 16 or something, right? Like, and Musgrave was getting all these targets because this team doesn't have like a de facto number one receiver, and targets have to go somewhere. <laughs> However, over the last two games, Luke Musgrave has turned into a legitimately dangerous like deep threat tight end, which he should have been all all along, and now might actually set records that are worth it. Um, but like, there's only been like four Packer rookie tight ends ever who've had more than like 26 catches in a season, and it's like Richard Rodgers and um, oh, shoot, um, a, a guy that got cut after two seasons. I don't remember. Matt's smiling. I I don't have that spreadsheet up anymore because it was stupid. <laughs> but Musgrave's going to shatter the hell out of those, yeah, and that's fine. He's actually gotten good. And his blocking has improved. He's got he has developed. That's all we're looking for here. Development. Musgrave. I just can't better. believe you're you're forgetting the first round tight end. Uh, I need more. Mercedes Bubba Franks. Lewis? Oh. Bubba it Franks, was Bubba. Man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Was he first? All round? he does is catch touchdowns. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was, he was taking mid first, man. Oh, Wait, man. Florida State or Miami? Pick Florida State. Uh, I thought he was Miami. Miami. Maybe Miami. We'll get a Google somewhere, map. somewhere yeah, down there. You're right. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba holds all the records. You're right about that. <laughs> First round pass catcher, baby. Man, Bryce Rosen. A lot of Bubba's have played in the NFL. You can't, <laughs> if you if you put Bubba in, he's not who pops up at first at all. Not even close. Well, who is the uh, the the Houston Oilers defensive lineman who is so good? Uh, We're talking Bubba's. Yeah, well, we got we got Bubba Smith. That one I know off the top. Of my is that head. the one I'm thinking of? He was a cowboy, uh, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm thinking of an Oiler. Whatever. Uh, I could be mixed. He was an Oiler. You're right. I'm wrong. Uh, who am I thinking of? Oh, very good. I win. Yeah, man, I totally uh, forgot that Bubba Smith was in like Married with Children a bunch of times as Al Bundy's rival. So, ooh, yeah. Price Trozen says with the Packers having some winnable games on the schedule, possibly blowing the. 
on the schedule, possibly blowing the Packers' top ten draft pick chances. What are the odds that they do the Rockaway and do the Rockaway and trade back? back? My JR '90s sub question is: What '90s band did you see before they got big? I saw the 311 No Doubt show at Shank Hall, but due to many beers, I don't really remember much of the 311 set. To be honest, you want to go first or second? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know if the Packers do have a lot of winnable games. It, it gets really hard going forward because the lions on Thanksgiving, yeah. the chiefs with Taylor Swift, hopefully in attendance at Lambeau field. Not winning that. Um, I don't have any faith that they're going to beat the Vikings. So what's, I, I I don't know. I think their top 10 draft status is happening. They have the giants. They probably win that game. Um, is that game not going to get flexed? Are they really going to put a national, they gotta the fl- giants Packers? Like I know those are two big brands, but come on. Maybe they'll, maybe they're playing for hilarity at this point. But yeah, they got to flex it. So they, they do have the Giants and the Panthers, and those I think are two that they probably win. But that's kind of it. I think that's it. Bryce Young is short and worse. Jordan Love. Yep, he is not good. Yep, he's bad. He's, he's very bad. bad. <laughs> that was bad. Bad trade, Carolina. You uh, you wrecked the NFC North. Screwed that up. Yeah. Roll Tide. Jr. Um, see anybody in concert before they were cool? Oh, um, you know, not really. That's a really. I I wasn't much of a concert goer when I was when I was young when I was in high school I really didn't start going to concerts until the end of high school and so that's the essentially the end of the 90s so we're, we're getting out of that era I don't know really if I've seen any bands that got big I saw a couple bands that that were a little below the radar that I really liked and would go see again like Local H for example who's, ah, local I think H most people fun. know who that is yeah. I mean I, I certainly didn't see them before they were big I still don't think they are very big, but they are incredible. They're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Um, so, that, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a good answer to that actually. So, yeah, see, growing up as I'm, a teenager in Milwaukee, I mainly went to Summerfest to see concerts when I was a teenager. And Summerfest mostly has washed up people, or did at that point, who were fun true. to see, but you know, who are well past their prime, at least on the free stages and whatnot. Um, and the one I can boast about was uh, not '90s. It was I think Zero, it's just barely. Which is I saw the Strokes open for the Doves. Before they had oh, an wow. album at wow. the Seventh Street entry in Minneapolis, which is the the small venue attached to First Ave, and uh, they played they played six songs off of their not yet released album, and they were wasted as hell and could barely play their <laughs> instruments. So, and uh, they were being talked up hugely at the time, and they were awful. And Jody and I were like, "That's not going to go well." But then it did. So good for them. See, all my answers are are two thousands bands because I'm younger than you guys. You're allowed. You're allowed to go yeah. that way. So like. Like Chiodos, one of the biggest emo bands of the mid two thousands era, are I went to high school with them, and okay. so like oh, they okay. were playing they were playing at the Flint Local like regularly, and it was crazy. Like just one summer, like they couldn't even get a set at the Flint Local. They were called the Chiodos Bros at the time, and then they were on MTV like the next summer. Um, I've also seen a lot of bands that were like super groups that kind of failed. Um, you guys ever heard of Another Animal? Yeah. Nope. Yes. Um, it is everyone from Godsmack except the lead singer, and then the lead singer from Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, we talked about we that talked recently. about that already. Yeah, we did we talk about yeah. that. Okay. I, um, I saw Ultra Bridge. I saw them on their debut tour. Yeah, I did see a band that was supposed to make it but didn't, uh, which was I saw Idle Wild play at Union South at Madison when I was in college, and they played Letterman the next night, and then they were never heard from again ever in the history of the world. Oh, so, that's yeah. sad. It is. Uh, I do feel like Lucky Boy's Confusion came to Valparaiso. Oh, they're kind of fun. They are fun. They're very Chicago, and I think maybe we're already big enough that I can't really say I saw them before they got yeah. big. 
And I don't even know if you count what they did big. I yeah, quite enjoyed them. Medium but, big. You know. All right. No good answers for that one. Sorry. Good question. <laughs> Scarf 21, assuming this was a truly light bulb going off moment for Jordan Love and that he is able to continue making progress, what would be more helpful for him when the draft rolls around, a first-round OL or a first-round wide receiver? I guess we've kind of already talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Ah, tough one, actually. I think OL, um, but I, I think you could go either way. Um, if it's Marvin, I think that helps a lot, but it probably won't be. Um, and the offensive line is in need of some shoring up. So I, I, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, you can't, Tony Mandarich, but you, you, it tackles a good safe bet. And uh, that, that 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 works. But either one would be good. Yeah. Mattingly Sideburn says, what is your guess for what LaFleur thinks the three and four refers to in the three, four defense? Do you think LaFleur learned his definition of down lineman by watching cut-ups of Vince Beagle at nose tackle? Oh, oh man, that's God. savage. Savage. It's such a good question. I mean, I don't uh, think we can really, really answer good. it other than uh, I would recommend checking out the Vince Beagle description of his experience as an NFL player that he tweeted oh, out. Because it's awful and a good view into what it is like to be an NFL player and why that pick didn't work out and, you know, why he was really, really, really hurt. Was LaFleur being genuine when he talked about classifying? You know, I read it but didn't hear it, so I don't he, actually... He, was, he legitimately was upset that people were saying two down linemen with four guys on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I mean, he's not, he's not a dumb man. Like, we know this. So Are, he's do, either being a little disingenuous. Well, okay. He's either being disingenuous or he's got like a weird misunderstanding of what people are saying. No, but I don't like, know, man. The, you know the phrase loyal to a fault? That is literally Malifor. Yeah. It's a weird one it's, to have to it's explain, been a rough year. man. Yeah. It's been a rough year for our guy. Uh, Shark McCarthy. Lost in the social media shuffle between down lineman gates and the Watson family Twitter wars. Aaron Jones' twin brother called the Packers coaching horrible in a now-deleted tweet and retweeted some posts criticizing other Packers players. Is this noteworthy or just another example of a player's family lashing out on Twitter after their relative had a bad game? Also, is Aaron Jones declining? Well, we, we just already established that he likely had tapioca brain. Yeah. <laughs> he, He's had a I mean, pretty good a season, game. but he probably is yeah. declining. He's 29 and... Yeah, yeah, and and, sure. and also Alvin would do him a service by shutting up. Yeah, but, but never. Tweet. I mean, that's that's the rule. I never tweet. <laughs> that's always the rule. Uh, and, and I mean, this is going to sound heartless, but like his days with the Packers are numbered. Yeah. So, discontent wise, like if there is discontent, I don't, I don't know how worried the Packers are going to be about that. Probably not. At Look, all. Now, I, now is the winter of our discount tents. All right, this is <laughs> this is how it's going. Our discount running back because they're not going to pay that man anymore. Off, nope. the, so. off the top of your head, do you guys know the last time the Packers gave a third contract to a skill position player? No. Like I, I legitimately. How can it not not be Aaron Rodgers? Or you you think there's one more recent than I'm that? I'm saying no. I'm saying skill position, like not not the quarterback. Oh, not sure, quarterback. Sure. Ball, yeah. ball carrier. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, what did Devonte end up with? Just the two. Did, Just the two. Did Nelson get three? Nelson probably got three. Yeah, Nelson got like a vet minimum or something, right? Like that was after his ACL tear. 
I'm just, but yeah, like legitimately, like it is difficult to think about the Packers giving a third contract. Well, Aaron's not going to get a third contract. That's just not going to yeah, happen. They, so his they days paid are, him. His know, days are numbered. He's running. I think back. James Jones got three contracts. You probably did. Technically, well, he speaking. left. He left and came <laughs> back. That's what. That's what I'm saying. He got a third contract. They even threw in a hoodie. Yep. It was a good deal for him. Also, like if Jones is. I think six months younger, he probably scores a touchdown on that pass and doesn't get caught from behind. Oh. Uh, Clearly Joel Osment. How how old was Donald Driver in the 49ers game when he broke like 18 tackles? He was really old, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Clearly Joel Osment says, how many complete performances need to be strung together to show that this team is actually learning or growing? What is are the best metrics to quantify this? So we did we did kind of touch yeah. on this as well. And like growth can be just two or three. Three is a trend, as we established. And um, I, I think it, metrics to quantify it are on a person by person basis. And like with Musgrave, I do think yards per completion is probably the one you look at. Like you want to see him doing damage down the field with um, with Reed. He has been doing damage down the field. He caught all five of his targets in this game, and I think hands are a good one for him. He's had trouble in the past uh, having a large um, catch radius. He has had the drops, and he's had a couple good games in a row of not having that be a problem and catching some good, tough, contested ones. Um, Wicks is just good, Uh, so it's just playing time for him. And uh, Watson is, I I guess, just not causing turnovers (laughs) and catching the ball. and offensive line, who knows? But um, Dobbs is yard per, yards per completion too, or even yards per attempt. He just needs to be—he needs to do more with the catches he gets. Yeah, I found myself thinking about what it would take for for me to believe that Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future by the end of the season. I don't know if that's achievable at this point, but it probably still is. You know, I I, I don't worry as much about the skill guys because. They're interchangeable, you know. Like if Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs aren't getting it done, they'll 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 fill they'll fill those voids. Yeah. But uh, but love is is just that like that's the only thing that really matters to me in terms of improvement and showing. And like if he starts you know, hitting two deep shots a game, or even just putting them on hands, then I start to get a little more excited. That's yeah, that's what I'm I mean. I'd for. settle for one. Like I'd settle for hitting a guy in stride. <laughs> that's why this the Musgrave thing, the Musgrave pass, I really like. But I would settle for just just a downfield hit a guy in stride that's every pass still not everyone because he overthrew guys this week but like the majority of his completions are when people have to come back and dive forward or move forward to get the ball and it would just be nice to see something else so really 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 quick he almost had a 300 yard game um and i I feel like against any other defense he probably gets it and i do kind of wonder like if he get like that streak is so long if he does that and if he does it like maybe two weeks in a row, then maybe you pique my interest a little bit. Like, okay, all right, let's see where this goes. No, yeah. I need I need four hundred yards and three touchdowns against a playoff team. That's, <laughs> that's what I need. Okay, all right. I'm saying like like I'm I'm gonna think that he's doo doo butt cheeks until I see that. Fair. Yeah, at some point you have to outperform. It can't just be finding the right matchup. It's it's overperforming against a team that's better yep. than you. Then yes. that's that's greatness in quarterback. All right, uh, we're on to blue sky questions. Darren Watkins, did Love have his Brett Hundley in Pittsburgh game? Remember when he had the game of his life in 2017 at Heinz Field? Or are there real takeaways from this game that show that he's improving and there's a reason for optimism moving forward towards a contending team with him at quarterback? So again, this is something yeah. we've talked about. Most of the season, I have been thinking of Brett Hundley, and I've been thinking this is a little bit comparable. I do think we've gone past that. Like he's he's he is better than Brett Hundley. Well, I think that's first fair. of all, it's not comparable because Brett Hundley's one of the best athletes to ever play quarterback. Yep. 
Look it up. Yes, Mike, Mike, Mc- Mike McCarthy just just didn't know how to use him. Okay, well he's also, a bad quarterback, game. Matt. Yes, slow, he's a bad quarterback. Slow read, uh, slow read guy. Um, much worse than Jordan though. Jarrett's right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a bit of a misnomer. Do you guys remember that game? Not at all. Not even a little. I blacked out that whole season. Twenty seventeen <laughs> so, was a year. So uh, Hunley had a very love Ian uh, stat line. So he went 17 for 26, or 17 of 26 for 245 yards and three touchdowns. Um, however, all but 97 of those yards came on three passes. Oh, no. So he had a 39-yard uh, pass to Randall Cobb. He had a 54-yard pass to Jamal Williams, which you know was not a deep shot. I would guess both of them were the runner doing most of the work, yes. And a 55-yard pass to Devontae. So okay. that is not the same as this game, though. Uh, no, it's not. at all. Like so, not comparable. Um, uh, like he spread the ball around to receivers in this game. Uh, honestly, Watson did him dirty. Uh, uh, most of his incompletions were to Watson. Um, this game looks a lot better if you just remove him from it. And uh, he w- he was like th- this was a legitimately good passing game for the most part. I think this is not the Hunley game where he's helped out a lot. The read throws were good. Well, they were really good. The, the Watson thing throw is, is good. Okay, so so what's the metric? If you throw every pass in the dirt, you get a thirty-two passer rating, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm pretty sure his targeted passer rating on Watson this game was zero. I'm sure it was zero at least. So yeah, you were absolutely right. Just take Watson out. I think it's yeah. a better game. Uh, Mike Cornhill, Copia Bischoff, uh, is the Blue Sky account. Why do they li- why do they list three down linemen as starters when they only play two pretty much all game long? Tradition. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer, isn't it? Are are yeah, we still a three four team? Is that is that? Yeah, we are. Mm. We're a three four team. We have. I mean, we play nickel, but yes. What do those numbers mean again? Nothing. <laughs> I mean nothing. All right, GB stage at Blue Sky. What are what are most of the teams that are looking to have a shot at Williams or May in next year's draft, this is, of course, Caleb Williams or Drake May, have invested in first-round quarterbacks recently. Would any of those quarterbacks, Fields, Jones, Murray, etc., be worth kicking the tires on if they are cast aside? The Daniel old... Jones, like, come on. Daniel Jones is dead, and so no. Um, also, Daniel Jones is just tall Justin Fields. Yeah, and Justin Fields, nobody wants to deal with that. Uh, short Daniel Jones. Yeah, short Daniel Jones, <laughs> slow processor. Maybe somebody who's not the Bears can fix him, but I don't. Kyler Murray is not terrible. I'm just, I, I, I just, I don't want that either. He's so little. He's so little. Excuse me. He's so little. It's late in the podcast. Just tiny. Yeah. Uh, Jake Frost said, since the 90s are making a comeback, I propose we bring back the Nickelodeon moon shoes and strap them to Christian Watson's feet to help him with jump balls. What other 90s inventions would help improve this team? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Do you guys remember Slam Ball? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember why Slam Ball ended? No. Because the dude missed the trampoline and broke his foot off. Oh. His foot came off. That's gross. What's That's what would happen if Christian, if Christian Watson used moon shoes. He would break his foot off. Yeah, he wouldn't. Because moon shoes lacks, break after five minutes. That's the thing. He lacks shoes. the body awareness to properly use. Them. Those also wouldn't help him. Like his problem isn't jumping high. He can jump high. It's it's timing on jumping high and stopping running when he should stop running. He needs like um, just a full exoskeleton, basically, with someone else controlling him. That's what would help him. 
Also, I'm thinking Nickelodeon slime. If if the defense could put it on to the running back, I think I think that we would do pretty well. Uh, I love the moon shoes in the Christmas catalogs back in the day, though. It always looked like they'd be so much more fun than they actually are. I have a bunch of old Sears catalogs because I used to work at Sears and I bought them in the bankruptcy auction. And uh, I really, for real. And uh, Sears used to sell a zip line that you could install on in your house, like uh, from tree to tree, like a homemade. <laughs> my favorite oh, thing. God. <laughs> I, uh, how many how many broken collarbones do you think came out of that? Just a million. Um, I can't <laughs> believe can't believe it's in the catalog. Um, it's uh, it's very high risk. Do not do not install your own zip line in your backyard. <laughs> All right, last one here: the Wizard of Loneliness. Packers defense is 11th in yards per game and 11th in points per game. Do the advanced stats match the box scores? Does it matter? They do not. They don't match, and nothing matters. Eat Arby's. They don't match because of pace. Pace and defensive adjustments. The Packers have played very few good offenses, and they, they play at a, a slow pace, and they play defense at a slow pace, which is a dumb thing to say, but it's true. Um, so that that's it. it. Their points per game is almost entirely useless in terms of a metric for them just pulling up dvoa without they're currently 23rd in defensive dvoa which isn't actually super terrible but uh you know still pretty bad um they're down down a spot from last week and against the run let's see uh dvoa lives at a different place now that's horrible to deal with so um only 22nd against the run their epa per play um is much worse against the run than their dvoa is for some reason but yeah, they're bad. They're they're bad at defense. They're twice as bad as their their point stats say they are. Okay, All right, we're, guys, we're done. We have reached the end. Woo! Hooray for that. Um, that was crisp. That was crisp for us. Was well, nicely kidding, done. Kept good pace. But it's, like it's still pace. over an hour. <laughs> better pace yeah, than the Packers. Just like defense. the Packers, yeah. it's all about pace. Oh, uh, say before we go. Uh, JR, do you have anything good out there? I I enjoyed yeah, hit, uh, I enjoyed hearing about your high school uh, your prep football memories of weird games and especially the over the back uh, game winning yeah. touchdown and the eighty eighty two game. So um, I would recommend those things even if they were just tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there is a little more to it. So uh, it is it is a big week for prep football. Actually, for me, I'll be hitting the road. Uh, Thursday and Friday, staying overnight in Madison and all that to cover the the state final football games. Seven games, uh, four on Thursday, three on Friday at Camp Randall Stadium. I'll be doing the live blog for the Journal Sentinel, so you'll be able to get live updates uh, from those games. If you have a vested interest, there are three Milwaukee area teams that are involved, uh, but uh, a lot of uh, familiar programs from around the state, Darlington, Stratford, Edgar, uh, Blackhawk even who's playing Edgar like the, Aquinas these are teams that have done very well in the past and they are once again back at state they will be familiar to a lot of people also a couple first timers uh, Badger of Lake Geneva Luxembourg Casco which which staged the big upset so I'll be doing that and in the meantime wrapping up uh, writing about play, uh, high school football participation that story should pop Wednesday morning uh, also like you said there's my 20, my rundown of 25 great high school state finals involving uh, Milwaukee area teams. Some of those games are absolutely redonkulous. I was there for a good chunk of them. Uh, many of them are before my time, but there are some wild ones there that uh, that I got to see firsthand. So I uh, wrote about all that stuff. And uh, and yeah, high school football with the, there should be, the Brewers should be announcing a new manager, Pat Murphy, at some point this week. So we'll have some coverage of that as well. But other than that, that's, uh, that's what we got. All right. Very nice. Matt, how about you? Um, 
still writing betting content at Acme Packing Company. And as always, visit lymphoma.org. Donate to Lymphoma Research. Call your best friend. Tell him you love him. Open your best bottles. Yep. Indeed, do that. Um, I wrote a and ton. shouts to Archon for tearing apart Buck's Twitter this week. Well, yeah. <laughs> Agent of Chaos, Archon, if nothing else, is that for sure. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, br- brings the stat game to it. Uh, as for me, I wrote a ton this week. I got a thing at the Shepherd Express recapping this game. I wrote about how Jordan Love can't throw deep. I wrote about how Romeo Dobbs is overrated because of his touchdowns. Uh, and I'm also going to be on um, Hey, We Like Your Pod on, on Thursday this week. So go check that out. And I think I'm also on As Goes Wisconsin this week, so I'm just going to be a very busy person. So go check all that stuff out and uh, have the mini pod on Friday, of course. And uh, next week is Thanksgiving. Who knows if this will happen or not next week, actually. <laughs> I am uh, uh, going to have to squeak this in, but we'll see. Uh, but enjoy the uh, – oh, we didn't even talk about the Chargers at all. That'll be for the mini pod. Uh, in, enjoy the Chargers game, and we'll be back next week to recap whatever the hell happens there. Don't push so hard. Nothing is ever is it. And this town that you take for granted, it's a gift from God. Don't pass it on. Nothing is ever is it. Are you ready to work real hard? Are you tired? It's just a start. Listen to me, son. I'll take you far. You can call it anything you want, but the fact remains the same. I never got to be your president. Circumstance gets in the way. Heel toe, heel toe, side to side.